Welcome to Emergency Medicine Remix. You know the formula, you know the format. I have the honor of our auspicious guest joining us today from the uh, West Coast, the Left Coast, the Bay Area, from uh, Stanford University. We have Atala Brown, uh, emergency physician, associate professor of emergency medicine, a giant in health equity as well as social emergency medicine, who's blessing us and blessing the mic today. So I want you guys to uh, sit tight. It's always going to be entertaining. We're going to flip a few uh, scripts here and do it a little differently for the people, for the culture. And you know how we do it. We don't always have to uh, agree, but respect is mandatory. Welcome to Emergency Medicine Remix. The language, and it wasn't profane, but I'm sure the language and the subject matter when discovered, so if we put this up somewhere, somewhere for the archives, they'll be like, he a big hypocrite. That is correct. <laughs> that is correct. I am a hypocrite. I'm a hypocrite who's working because I know I have a chronic disease. I have a chronic disease called selfishness, called sexism, called racism, called homophobia, called xenophobia, all called... Capitalism, all of these right. things I could not deny because I swim in those waters. Right. And you cannot bathe something in water or otherwise and not expect it to come out with at least some of it on the surface. True. True. Wow. Wow. That's really profound. So 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 when I see people, they're like, oh, they're wearing this and that. I'm like, yeah, I am. But I'm sure that you have some residue of something that you would not like to be associated with that you bathe in once upon a time. Facts. We all do. And the fact is that we don't we don't throw the whole person out the baby with the bathwater. Here's the analogy. You, you you walk along together. It's like, hey, how can I get this cleaned off? This stain won't go. Okay, yeah, you know, it's, it's permanent. But there are ways of covering up where it won't be debilitating, where it won't label all of you. Certainly. So, yeah, so no, so you're good, man. I, I, I'm telling you, I'm sure I'm rocking some... Uh, some fast fashion right now that's been made in sweatshops that unbeknownst my, to myself. I'm, I'm sure of it. And... My main thing is I keep trying to tell people, like, look, it does not have anything to do with my principles. With this, I only have two feet. It's hard to replace feet. These shoes are comfortable as hell. <laughs> you so like, like, you like, got two feet, man. Exactly. I just need to prioritize my <laughs> right. feet right now. We draw lines in strange right. places. Right. I, I, yeah, you said, so I'm going to say, yeah, yeah Tom O'Brien, he a footman. Yeah, and he draws his line right in. <laughs> right his feet. Right his feet. Man. Right on my feet. I can't walk for justice. I can't work in these hospitals if I don't have feet right, exactly. to do it. So exactly. I, that's where it's at with me. I get it. I get it. For me, it's uh so equity for me at this point of my career is uh time and sleep. Yeah, man. I will do almost anything to regain my time and regain my ability to rest and rejuvenate. I gave that part away, and I still give it away in ways that are unholy, I, I think about now. But I look at it, man. I was like, you know, if I don't have time, I have no space to do anything that I think is valuable, right? You know, time, talent, treasure. People have heard me spit this before. Time, talent, treasure. You often, in your youth, neither have 
talent nor treasure, right? right. But you invest time in your youth to acquire the one of the two. two. Yeah. Normally, you go by the path of talent, which eventually you can actually exchange for treasure. Mm-hmm. As you get older, developing and gaining those things, you don't have the time anymore. But by the talent, sometimes you can expedite not needing someone more talented to do it. Sure. Or you have the treasure by which you don't have to. You can just pay somebody right. to get it done for it. So at this point in my point uh, in my life, I realized, oh, I, I, I need time. And the only way I can use the time is if I am fully aware and you know, of my time. I can only do that when I'm when I'm well rested. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So so sleep and time are inextricably linked to me at this point. So people say, you know, hey, you know, you were uh you were XYZ for this or you we wanted you to contribute to this and I say no because I was tired and I need to sleep and you wanted me to wake up this the next morning. These are easy no's now. Right. They said, but you were down for the cause, yeah. Right. <laughs> to a degree. Up to this point. <laughs> this right. point, right. So, man, let's talk. So, hip-hop. So, let's, let's do this. Hip-hop. I love this. All right. So, we're going to start you off like, you're, we, I've done this with so many people on the show. All right. All right. I'm, I'm going to toss up the uh, Mercy Medicine Remix. Uh, top five MCs, dead or alive. You know, that's a standard Dead or alive. Dead or alive. That's a standard ah. debate. Dead or alive. Top five. All right. In no particular order. No particular order. You can miss All one. Right. Uh, in no particular order, I'll put... Nas, Tupac, okay, Andre two thousand, yes, Biggie, Eminem. All right, all right, all right. Top five dead. Alive. Top five dead alive. Okay, that's a respectable list. Yeah. Respectable list. Okay, uh, top five songs, any genre that changed your life. Oh, easy. Oh. Okay, yeah, I do. I do. No, that's different, man. Nas is like number one. Okay. Nas. Yeah. Yeah. Freedom of jail, clips inserted A baby's being born, same time a man is murdered The beginning and end As far as rap goes, it's only natural I explain my plateau and also what defines my name First it was nasty all right. Shout out to Chris Ford I know he's going to co-sign that, alright? Nas' Life is the song that When I was in high school I heard I said, this makes me want to rap Okay Makes right. me want to be Like, I was like <laughs> Primo on the beat Yes Nas, he like velvet on any verse. I mean, on any beat that you get. Right, 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 right. right. That, that QB sound. He just, he's just different. Right, right. So that's number one. Um, keep your head up by Tupac. Some say the black of the better, the sweet of the juice. I say the dark of the flesh and the deep of the roots. I give a holler to my sister's own welfare. Tupac kids, if don't nobody else can. And uh, I know they like to beat you down a lot. Okay, all right, all right. The depth of that song. Okay, okay. To make a song that, that sampled off of something we already knew and loved. Yeah. But then to make it a very conscious conversation and then for it to knock. Yeah. It did something different for me. Okay, all right, all right. Um, Hold on for a second. Yeah. I'm going to let you know that you don't hear them now, but we're going to be playing this uh, all throughout the... Uh, the conversation, okay? So he's gonna be playing this up. So, you know, just think about it in your head. Like, did you hear them yourself? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, all right, keep going. I would say Dead Presidents by 
Not the group, but yeah, 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 but but his his solo debut, yeah, yeah, which sampled now, yeah, right, specifically the level of honesty, okay, that Hove raps with in that verse, okay, I mean that that song, like it, you can tell that there's a level of like desperation, okay, and so it always gets me in a different spot, okay, all right, then we actually did a uh, we actually did a reasonable doubt, uh podcast version where we took and did those episodes like that so yeah so that's that's dear to my heart too okay you got two more two more in the chamber um equipment i okay the actual song Aquimini. okay gotcha gotcha my mind warps and bends, floats the wind, count to ten, meet the twin, Andre Ben, welcome to the lion's den. A red gen, no skin, many men comprehend, I extend myself, so you go out and tell a friend. Andre's line, when he said, my mind floats and bends, meet the twin, Andre Ben, like, just the complexity of the verse, but that alien can blend right on in with your kin, like, <laughs> that's just, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm going to steal from your list. Stacks is one of my top oh. three. I, I, I'm period. I, I put I put my daughter onto the verse that he laid on Royal Flush with uh, incredible, 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 incredible. I mean, unadulterated, yeah, bars, but also like he's like your uncle, right? Like he talks like you, like he's a family member, right? Right? He, like he got a cigarette hanging, right? Out right? Right? I'm about right. Beard his head, no. he, you know. He's Spitting game and life at it's the same time, so, right? Exactly, so exactly right. And, and exactly that's right. why. I mean, I have a bunch of favorite verses from him, but that song between him and Big Boy, right? Like it's just little sparring right. that happens in front of you, right? So those are like on my list is four. The fifth one, if I had to just put it on one, can I do a group? Yeah, of course you can. Of course you can. All right. Protect your neck by Wu Tang. Like smoking Joe Fraser, the hell raise the hell with the flavor. Terrorize the jam like troops in Pakistan. Swing it through your town like your town, like your neighbor. It's just a special song. Right, right. And, and I'm, I, I didn't. Wu Tang as a group is like. It's like a, a religion almost. Yeah, it's it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, 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 it's not monolithic. Right, it's fanatical. It, it, right. <laughs> it but is. protect your neck, when you go back and listen to the, the, the way that the RZA made the song, and to have that many voices who have all these different types of personalities it's sit style. on one song, and it just like right. works. right. And each one of them, I mean, even down to the last few bars from the jizzle, man, it's just like so potent. I love, I love. It's it. one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah, I love. So I love that you selected that. So protect your neck. I heard it in the summer of Virginia when I was uh, doing uh, research in lab. Uh, Virginia has a very nice hip hop kind of a uh, 
cauldron or mm-hmm. petri dish mm-hmm. or, or this incubator, if you will, is where Pharrell and uh, both Teddy Riley oh, call home Missy Elliott. Yeah, you know, no, you know, so, lady, so peace to the seven five seven two up two down. That is, so when I was sitting in Virginia, we would always get the New Yorkers used to run back and forth between Virginia and New York for for various right. reasons of uh, economic <laughs> industries. Right. Right? But you would get new New York hip hop. To the new south, or at least yeah. the northern south, and I heard "Protect Your Neck" before a lot of my folks south of me had heard it. That's crazy. And I was like, so I, I was on break between Morehouse, my uh, I think my junior year, and I came down. I was like, yo, this is this group called the Wu Tang Clan, and I went to Tower Records, and I believe it was in Buckhead, and I was like, yo, y'all got Wu Tang Clan. They're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I like it's, it's like it's like you know black belt theater. It's like Wu Tang, and then I'm like spitting verses, you know, get the money getting stuck like gum yeah. under the table. And they were like, "What are you talking about?" And I met some New York sisters from Spelman. Yeah. They were like, "Oh, you know about Wu Tang?" <laughs> yeah, I was like, "Yes." And they're like, "It ain't out yet, but it's coming out." And they had the drop dates and stuff. Changed my life. I had never heard so many different styles put together, and it just it is it is meshed. It was like a it was like an old. Slave quilt with right. all these stories just, being told. A, a patchwork, right? Of just vibes and, right. and realness, man. right? And yeah. So what you said, yeah. So yeah. All right. So your top five. I got those. I, I got. Mean, them. I can't. There's so many other. I would go beyond that. But the reason why I said Wu Tang, and this is again no particular order, right. is because not just the verses, but what they represent, and that we don't get a whole lot of flexibility from the artist side unless you get a Wu Tang. Sure. Right. Sure. Fair and enough. Last, I would say about that verse is just. To me, when I listen to Wu-Tang, it's a bunch of folks who are trying to declare who they are. Right. And this right. is a constant struggle for us. Like, yo, I'm this guy. Like, Chef comes on, he's like, yo, I'm him. Right. And then the ne- you hear, you know, Meth come on. Meth right. is like, no, this is who I am. Oh, uh, that's deep. I don't is next. I mean, it's just all these different voices. And the one to me at the time, I mean, I, I've always been a big fan of the Jizza. But the way that he's so calculated on the end of that verse... And then it just cuts. Yes. <laughs> yo, yo, yo. So, so for that same reason, Liquid Swords is this like my, oh my gosh. Phenomenal project. He's surgical with the lyrics. Yeah. And, you know. Yes. I, 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 I lied to you not. I lied to you not. You know, I, um, when I first heard the woo, I was like, oh, you know, everybody's nice, but the jizz is stuck out. And everybody came out. So when I heard, uh, you know, built strictly for Cuban links, you know, when I heard, I know. Riz- uh, you know, Riz- <laughs> yeah, and, and Raekwon, so Raekwon dropped out. And I was like, you know, it's ice cream and carcerated scarf faces mm-hmm. and all My those. My songs featuring Nas. Yeah. Again. So I was like, oh, this is, this is phenomenal. But then I heard the genius. I was like, oh, he's, he's the architect of this song. He put it all. I listened to every Wu Tang subsidiary song, and I heard his fingerprint on that every bit of. It. And that to me was masterful. It's almost like the, if you're talking about hip hop and you're talking about the martial arts, where they. Right. Oh, shout out to you! Because I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna stun on y'all only because Please I can. Do. I'm gonna stun on y'all only because I can. This Please is just uh, this is a uh, birthday gift that my uh, middle child just gave to me. So this just let you guys know this ain't hype, all right? This, said, is, this is so this is getting framed. This I is really gonna, do yeah, this. I really do this. I really do this. I'm not even gonna talk about it. So this is a black belt theater rendition oh, of. Uh, <laughs> For the Wu Tang Clan, you Dice know, of, yeah, oh, man, and, and, so the, and the and the means of Run Run Shaw and uh, yeah, you, yeah, former you Black Belt Theater Cinema. So yeah. when I first heard them and the way he orchestrated that group to have, there's a master that everybody builds their style off of. Right. 
That's the ethos of Wu Tang Clan. So we're gonna use that, and I'm gonna and honor that. Said there's a master that everyone builds their style off. So you and I now are coming right here, leading our kid with golden arms. We're gonna do it in the black belt theater yes, style, five deadly venoms. We can do it in any kind of way. There's a style that we want people to build their stuff off. A style that you and I've learned. People who've come before us in the like, you know, in the likeness of uh, Thea James, yes, sir. Cheryl Heron. You know, they're Marcus Martin. There's so many people. These are African-American pioneers in health equity. And they're, the, the list is long like the list of the Wu and the Wu affiliate. Mm-hmm. Who are your role models? And they don't have to be in the health space. Who are your role models? Who should people go look to as sure. masters of style or the architects? Facts. Facts. No, I get what you're saying. So, I mean, you name a few really like important key people. So I don't want to like not... Acknowledge that. Enough enough light to shine on everyone. I I think that... So I look across silos. um, I think that... So I I go back to my... My my mentor is is Alden Landry. Mm -hmm. And I think that as... Also a hip-hop head. Oh, I didn't know that. He's a a serious hip-hop head. I didn't know that. Okay, I tap in. I tap in. Uh, but as a hip hop head, but more specifically as somebody who has focused on uh, the diversity arm of this so much, like how do you change the workforce? How do you change uh, the pathway to be able to be in a space to speak? Like his work is is spoken for. Like, he does it right. Cameron Matthews. Heard the name, but I'm not familiar. Educate Cameron please. Matthews is family medicine, but also a JD. Okay. Yeah. So MDJD. Gotcha. Trend. Perfect. Uh, for a stint, I want to say she was probably the most influential and impactful woman in the VA healthcare system. Okay. Yeah. Powerful. Uh, currently runs City Block, but the I know City Block. Right. Okay, I didn't know. Okay, thank you for connecting those dots for me. Okay, thank you. Value based healthcare. Yeah, yeah. That's her thing. I, I lecture on it all the time. She her her main to me contribution has been in those rooms that we can't get into mm-hmm. because of her accolades and knowledge and background. She's present and she always has a lens for equity and justice off the rip. Right. So it's the almost like changing of the guard. But if I'm looking to somebody who sets the tone and who's been a pace car for this, she is that person. Gotcha. You know, so between those two, I think about that. And they also got like roots steeped in SNMA, steeped in NMA. They've been doing that. Right. But it's like... We've been an echo chamber for for this for a while in these same groups and organizations and spaces. Right. So how do you get behind these closed doors? Those two people operate behind right. these closed doors. So I put them in, in a category. Um, I think you have to look at. Um, I want to say Cedric Bright. Okay, I've heard the name. Educate yeah, me again. So out of I want to say Texas, in the space of medical education. Okay. He has been a, a very, like, I would call him like a bull for trying to change the way that medical education looks. Okay. Uh, we talk about issues of equity, justice, and seeing if diversity, equity, inclusion can be uh, retrofitted mm-hmm. to medical education. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, he's one of those guys like, yo, you can't just retrofit this. Right. We have to start at the root of the problem. Right. Foundation. The problem is not. How the fish are swimming in the water is the water. Water itself, right. It's the water itself. Right. And so he's figuring out how we solve this right. problem from the level of the water. Right. It's hard, hard baked into our society. Right. 
Uh, exactly. Hard baked into the society. Uh, if I would go back to more like emergency medicine folk, Rob Gore, man. <laughs> Another Morehouse man, uh, just gonna shout Rob. out, shout out Rob Gore, Morehouse man, Cook County. Rob, we see you, brother. We see you. Rob Gore to me is the embodiment of community centered service. Absolutely. His entire career arc has been Absolutely. to show communities look, I'm from here, right? I do this. You are not going to be left behind, right? And everything I do will come will come full circle and edify you, all. right? And that to commit your entire life and career to it is just exemplary. It's right? the it's the it's the Moses modality. Right. So for my uh, people who are up on the Judeo Christian tradition, there is one who was born amongst the people who enters into Pharaoh's chamber for the time such as coming out and liberating his people. That has always been the story. That's what you're talking about. These people coming in. That is the story of, uh, you know, Esther for a time such as this. You enter into what may seem to be your oppressor or your captor's presence only to be an advocate. That's a word that you have heard you use multiple times before to bring about a change because you're speaking to power in these institutions in these silos, if you will, of power, where it's consolidated and often so many of us uh, are left out of. So so I love that you use Rob, because Rob yeah. is that 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 prototype, that archetype of that type of uh, change. It's different, man. Rob was wired differently. Yeah. Man. And I don't say this, like, I love everyone else I've listed so far to that extent as well, but Rob, the thing that makes him so unique in this space is that, like, there is an undertow that comes with the work that he's done. It's like, you can see the downstream evidence of people who don't have the same types of opportunities truly committing to a better life as a result of interacting with him. Right. Right. So, 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 so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you that, uh, Rob, I met Rob with one of my brothers who's, who's, uh, Class of 93 within Morehouse, uh, Mallory Williams, uh, Mm -hmm. chief of trauma at Howard university. Mm -hmm. And I have my little guy coming up. Hold on one second. So what Rob and Mallory's connection are this. When Mallory Williams, my, my buddy, got married, he came back down. He married a uh, young lady from Clark, and they came down to get married here in Atlanta. Mallory was coming from uh, Maryland. I was coming from D.C. And he said, uh, hey, we're going to go speak at Morehouse. And there was a young man who was running uh, uh, one of the uh, mentors of the summer science program. It was a young Rob Gore. So he had us on stage as... Medical students talking to the generation that was coming behind us. We not even realizing who he was. So, you know, he had been doing this before he had even entered the space. So it was powerful to watch a, a guy doing the same thing. You're talking about being true to the game. Rob was inviting us to come down to talk to the young brothers. And we were just maybe three, four years removed from them in med school and just about to start residency for a handful of us. And there were five of us. We were actually even... uh at one point in time in those same classrooms of the summer science program, not really that we'll be back to give back and look up like we looked up to the brothers who went ahead of us. And then Rob comes when I'm an attending and a resident first at Cook County. And he remembered me. And he's like, John, I was like, I was like, I was like oh my gosh, it's you. His locks were a little bit longer, you know, he was a little bit older and stuff. And it was amazing to see him. And this second iteration, now as a physician himself, as a uh, a resident, then to become chief resident, and then to go on to be CNN, you know, 
top three hero, to be right. first TED Talk fellow, to see him to do, you know, incubate as a think tank for violence intervention and community-based programs. It was an awe-inspiring moment that I have held him up as a standard bearer and I've given national talks, I've given small closed talks, and I've given done blog posts where I put him up that that's what it means to go home and make a difference. That's what it means to be right. dedicated to the mission. So the fact that he threw him up, man, that's that's love. That's love. I, that, I mean, that that is full respect. And that just shows the power of representation, yeah. the power of opportunity. When you give people the ability to have power, to have voice in spaces where you may not occupy, you have actually, in essence, given a message to those people through that emissary, through that witness. I mean, realistically, you're a county kid. You just told me that, right? Yes, sir. Going through. But now your mission feels way bigger than Cali. You're right. But you've taken that Cali voice all the way around the country, all around the world, because somebody gave you the opportunity to do that. Mm-hmm. You've, you've triumphed your story on how you've applied to medical school and you went through your hurdles and stuff. And I realized that is everyone's story. So that's why diversity makes a difference. Because each one of us has had an obstacle in some form or fashion, regardless of color, Regardless of religion, regardless of gender or, or whatever way you want to split up our intersectionality, we have a message or experience that is common to the human experience that is yet unique for one individual to let them know that it's possible for them to do it. Right. Rob is the uh, synchronon of that to use. Right. <laughs> right? No, He's, way of using yeah, it. he is that. Like, yeah, give me an example. The way we do on social media. Tell me you had this without saying Thanks. you had this. Yeah, yeah, tell me he's the man without saying he's the man. You throw picture of Rob Gordon. Right. Yeah. So 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 I love the way you did no, that. I'm just saying that's how I feel about yeah. it. Man. Yeah. And honestly, anyone who comes into emergency medicine and seeks to have an impact driven career, like truly making communities different and better and improved, they have to acknowledge the work that he's done. Absolutely. 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 All of us stand on the shoulders of giants. You've heard that before. That's right. You know, uh, it, it is it is powerful though to see, like you said, that uh, that undercurrent of change. I've had so many people like, "Oh yeah, we know you because we know Rob." I'm like, "Oh wow, wow!" So when I tell people that, you know, it's like, "Oh yeah," and that's like, "Hey, look, uh, I talked to Atalo. I've got residents that coming out west to you because you're there." Yeah. That's the way it works, I, you know. Peace to the cameraman who's a, a mentee of ours, uh, Austin Cat. I'm telling him he's going to have that pipeline of people that are going to know him through the works that he's done here. So that that's why diversity, equity, inclusion, all those mm-hmm. things are so important. And they're not just uh, identity politics. Identity politics right. is something totally different. No, I agree with that. You know, you know, you don't need to uh, look like somebody to be for and an advocate for something. Right. But it also helps when you're an advocate and you look like someone. You know too. what I'm saying? Those things are additive. <laughs> right. 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 You have to have it. Right. All right, man. So let me let me let me get you to do this. So we said we we're going to talk about this, the heavy issue, uh, two issues, and I'm going to let you go because 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 your time is precious. Uh, little Nas flip going on in the background, little yes. bump, you know, made you look. Yes, sir. They shoot every time you blink, every time you close your eyes, somebody's shooting. Yes, sir. Uh, to the degree that there are no safe spaces anymore. There are no communities that are untouched. There are no ethnicities that this is solely a problem in their community. So with that being said and done, uh, when we talk about equity, inclusion, 
when we talk about social emergency medicine, something dear to my heart, what do you see as uh, some of the pragmatic approaches that we can come together, all of us, to uh, make a difference when it comes to gun violence and violence in all of our communities? It's a very, it's a hard topic, right? Because there is a an ethical element to it. There's like a, a policy element to it. Then there is like an area where I kind of say that this is fear and our ability to diagnose our own fears. So the first thing I'll say is if we're going to talk about gun violence, you can't just lead with only statistics. Right. Right. The statistics haven't moved or shifted the needle on this conversation at all. What shifted the conversation, honestly, are narratives. Say it again. I, I'm gonna do that. Run that back. Run that back. We like battle rap. Run that back. <laughs> I mean, listen, man. Uh, I, I forgot who said it. He said there's a lesson in everything, even a bullet. Bullet. Right, Jada kiss. Right, right, kiss. Right. Jada kiss him he, down. He, yeah. He, <laughs> the bullet. Right. The lot. Right, right. Lesson in everything, even the bullet. Right. It's these narratives that come from the people who've been affected, both directly and every valence outward right. from. Gun violence. Right. Those narratives change the minds of people, both at the ballot box, in the offices, in the banks, in the wallets of these folks. It's being able to be masters of these narratives. Masters of the narrative. Masters of the narrative. So controlling the narrative. Right. So I think that if you work in a healthcare space and you have not figured out how to package that experience that you had where you saw someone pass because of direct result of gun violence into a 30 second conversation. And you can say that you can't say that in front of a staffer or a legislator, then you're doing yourself a disservice. You're doing your degrees a disservice. So that's one. Back to this whole concept of the narrative and how we're changing or how we should be writing it. How many times do we hear this tug of war between people who have money and resources and what, how they can sway the public opinion around this issue and then the fact that people who don't have it who often are at effect to the results of it their voice is just diminished. So why are we not taking folks who see both and creating financial power behind that? Okay, cool. You don't You don't want to contribute to the NRA, you think that that's your form of passive resistance or uh, active, you know, shunning of the concept, we'll take that same money and and put it behind someone who is speaking about this issue and be extremely generous with it, Mm -hmm. right? So you don't feel you can speak on it, well, let your dollars speak to it. Right. We don't have political action committees for anti-gun violence or non-violence that are as equally funded as the NRA or other organizations, right? right? So the political power and equity is clearly not evenly distributed. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the pun would be fight fire with fire. Right. So if you don't feel like you have the voice and can't share the narrative and can't package it up to tell a compelling story around something that would sway a person's heart or their mind... You have to sway their wallets. It starts with that, right? 
it's shifting the narrative. And I think that the last way that I would approach it simply is, as I told you, I said there's a, a, a way to approach it from like an ethical standpoint that's deciding whether or not you feel it's right or wrong. There's a, a political standpoint that's like, you know, these deaths have a financial toll on the, the community, they have a, a, a physical toll on the community, and over time, it draws the value of our lives and our society downward. Then there's this other pocket, right, where it's like we are living in a space where proliferation and fear of the potential insult of this is driving us to make very stupid, irrational decisions. And that in itself is dangerous. And so if you can't utilize your, your thinking, rational mind to see that if everybody's out here getting guns, if everybody's out here just stockpiling and, right. and no one is even able to have conversations around this, it's going to lead in. The moment I feel disrespected, I'm going to take it right. out on somebody. Right. And we know the end point of that. Right. It's destruction. Violence begins violence. Exactly. Right. Right. And violence if you can't acknowledge violence. that. And think about the children that you raise right. and wanting them to worry about whether or not at the age of five or six, they have to be doing drills inside their elementary schools about, you know, a firearm coming around or some active shooter. Like, if you can't think about that, then I don't know what your compass is really telling you. Right. So, so you, you touched a nerve. Uh, I didn't mean to. No, 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 no. You touched a nerve. No, no. And I, and I, and I appreciate your passion and your honesty and your conviction. This is not lip service. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, my my own family has had to deal with this. Yeah. I won't go into the details because uh, it is a developing issue. Yeah. But when a threat of violence comes to one of your children... And a threat of gun violence comes to one of your children. It's beyond sobering. I've never lost a child in my lifetime to gun violence, although it's becoming sad but true. Not such a unheard of occurrence. But just the threat alone was shaking. Foundational. And so I'm thinking about, oh my gosh, I've now entered into that space where I'm having conversations with community members about the safety of my own children because of real verbalized threats. Now, how real they are, we don't know. We don't know until those sentinel events happen. And I realize how the stakes are so high now for the reasons you listed, for the inactivity or uh, inaction of policyholders by communities, by stakeholders, by individuals. So, you, you know, you said that. It was sober for me. I just I just want to take the time. I'm not going to add any more detail to it. So I appreciate you saying that. I appreciate, you know, you just shining light on that. And I, uh, it's something for me to sit back and meditate on. You know, well, I appreciate you sharing it, man. Like, I I come at this from two stances. Like, you know, from the social end background, I'm always looking at the numbers. And social end will tell you to look at, you know, suicide rates, mm-hmm. people who own firearms. Right. But it's like, I'm living in communities where, not necessarily suicide at that level is happening. I'm seeing people shoot people. Right. Or I'm hearing about kids getting shot or home invasions. Right. And people going like that's what we're hearing right. about, right? Right. I grew up with that. I, you know, yeah. I, yeah, I grew up with that. I, I mean, I can tell you the people in my own neighborhood who were shot growing right. up. Right. That's what we're hearing about. So we're seeing a different angle on gun violence. But to me, the core problem is still the same. It's like. How are we addressing availability? Right. How are we addressing the fact that there's a lack of 
uh, of governance around uh, firearms in general. Right. And that there is a proliferation of firearms driven by some deep lying, you know, problems between races, problems between genders, classes, classes, right. like all of these same issues that we've consistently swept, swept under the rug and said, we'll come back and get it the next time we do spray cleaning. Right. But it never gets cleaned. No, it doesn't. No, no, it, it, it is. Um, and it's here's the deal that, that I think you and I both know. We're not talking pie in the sky thing. There have been societies who have tackled this head on. Sure. There are countries that we can run down the list. You know, Canada just recently passed some legislature. And these aren't panaceas. You know, you're not going to do one thing that's going to fix everything. We live in an imperfect world, you know, you know, composed of imperfect individuals. But imperfection does not mean we don't strive for better. Right. Or better is not achievable. Mm-hmm. So what you laid out, those three uh, elements, are things that we can do to make it better. It's not an all or none. Just because it ain't perfect doesn't mean that, you know, we, well, I ain't no need to try. When it comes to individual life, the, the edict of the emergency positions that all lives are worth saving. That's what we lined up for. Right. So we're just asking other people to, to, to embody that same thought, that every life is precious. And we can get into all the uh, reproductive rights things at another time. But if you just at least embrace that to a certain degree, because there's hypocrisy to spread equally amongst all of us. How we think people in our country are worth something, but we don't mind going removing the lives of people in other sovereign in, in nations. Just try to embrace the fact that you want to be valued in the same way that you value others and vice versa. The old golden rule, you know? Right. My life is worth saving and you put it on the back of a shirt, white, black, you know, for all this where we, right. that we can talk to the cows come home with that. The truth of the fact is all of us want to live in majority. What I tell people, and I, and I agree with that, I take it one step further and this, you know, again, not to touch on some of the more controversial debates now, but what I tell folks is essentially that if I have children and you have children, and your children are not the same hue or have the same background of my kids, and those kids are in the same classroom, and their life is endangered. Would not are you are you so distanced from your moral compass to where you don't believe that both children deserve to, to live? Right. That's exactly well said. More eloquent and well said. They deserve to live. Yes. You see what I mean? Yeah. So, well, brother, it's been it's, 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 it's been a it's been a pleasure. You know, this is not a this is not a one off. Oh, right? no, yeah, yeah, you know, I'm, this I'm back December tenth. Okay, then, so we you I'll know we're right gonna do it. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. We're gonna do it. And you know, and I I might even have some bars to let you, you freestyle with me all because that's 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 who I am. I, I keep that on the hush. <laughs> I keep that on the hush. I got some bars. All right, we're gonna do it. All right, damn, we gonna look, man. Appreciate it. Uh, Appreciate it. Solid. I told you the last time I was here. Yeah, you said it. There was not an opportunity that I would come through here another time without checking it. Yeah, you did. Well, you, you made it work. Made it work. Trick, trick in Detroit. <laughs> a couple gangsters in LA. Some folks. Right. Down, Uncle Luke in, 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 in Miami, Miami in the bottom. Right, some right, folks right. Right, right. You, you come 40 water where you are. Yeah, I know. Some guys you got to check. In guys you gotta check. Yeah. I'm in this territory. All right. All right, appreciate that. I appreciate you looking at the big homie, the little big homie. I I, I really appreciate it.